The Money Show. Shapeshifters. Long before, <clears throat> I beg your pardon, the big trend of meat-free meat um, and the, the, the plant-based food revolution that took hold in the United States very suddenly in 2019, 2020, 2021. Uh, the Fry family was making food using plants. I think it goes back to 1991. Fry's Family Foods. Uh, Wally Fry is the founder at Fry's Family Foods. And what was your great inspiration, Wally? I mean, looking at videos and things on your website, it feels like one of your kids sort of leaned on you or at least pricked your conscience when it came to eating meat and you thought to yourself, I better find an alternative. Yes, good evening, um, Bruce. Good evening to your listeners. I'm happy I've been able to make the link with you because um, uh, sometimes it's difficult uh, from an international location to hook up successfully, but I'm very happy about that. Yes, you're quite right. Actually, no, it was my wife who was a born vegetarian. And uh, so when I met her, um, I was happily uh, consuming meat, in fact, quite a lot of it. And um, in fact, I was involved in the livestock business when she met me, um, <laughs> uh, you know, buying and selling livestock. So it was quite a weird um, juxtaposition of, of, um, of coincidence where uh, I, I should meet and, and fall in love with a vegetarian. I didn't even know what the word meant. And um, so, yes, yeah, so over a period of time, um, you know, having discussions with her and um, talking about this whole thing, because I basically said to her, what the hell is that? I mean, nobody, there's nobody in the world that doesn't eat meat. So, uh, but then, of course, I, I discovered that there were more than just one, you know, uh, there was just more than one vegetarian around. And, um, yeah, so that started to work on me. And, um then my daughter was born, and true, what you say, she was also just born as a vegetarian. So, um, and um, she, you know, she just wouldn't eat meat. And if I offered, if, and it wasn't through coercion from my wife, she was just born that way. And I believe a lot of children are these days, they don't want to eat meat you know, right from the word go, uh, wh- whereas their parents are into, you know, consuming meat. So, yeah, she was also putting pressure on me, asking me what this is that I'm eating. And um, I would say, like, it's a drumstick. And she would say to me, no, but you play drums with a drumstick. Uh, what is this? And I'd say, well, it's a chicken's leg. And uh, she'd say, like, from a real live chicken? And I would say, I'd have to say yes, of course, because to have to tell the truth. And then she'd say, well, I can't eat that. What, why did they kill it? You know, well, why, why are you asking me to eat this and so on? So that started to work on me. And I suppose at some point uh, I had an epiphany where, I um, started to also understand the consciousness of that um, of that whole thing, and um, well, I gave um, I gave up my business that I was doing because I struggled to become a vegetarian myself. I really enjoyed the consumption of meat, and and I decided that well, I'd I would invent a solution uh, for me, my family, and also other people who are having the same problem, uh, trying to kick the meat habit. Um, and yeah, that's how really how it all started off. I mean, do you have any food technology experience at all? Do you understand nutrition at this particular point? Do you understand what it takes to replace the, the vitamins and the minerals and the proteins that are in animal protein uh, and replace them with plant proteins? Yeah, well, um, to tell you the truth, I knew absolutely nothing because, um, you know, after uh, my livestock business, I'd given it up. There was a long period of time that we were married and my daughter grew up. 
uh, where um, I'd actually um, started a, a small building business and we were doing constructions for people and um, I, I had become involved there. And uh, I, that's what I'd really involved my mind in and taught myself about building and, uh, you know, got the necessary certifications to do certain uh, types of the work. But I've always been handy as a bit of an engineering kind of a guy. Uh, you know, I've lent towards engineering and that sort of thing. So I took to building quite well. And, um, yeah, we, you know, we were running a, a reasonably successful little business. It wasn't big by any means, but uh, I gave that up and uh, went into this knowing absolutely nothing. And really, yeah, just started, you know, one ingredient at a time, learning about uh, how uh, raw material ingredients react with each other how they react with water if you add water, how they react if you add heat, how they react when you mix them fast or slow, um, you know, whether you chop them, you shear them, uh, whether you don't do that, you paddle, paddle mix them, all of these things have an influence on how ingredients, you know, bind together and work together. So um, it was a learning curve from scratch. I mean, when I had to tell you from scratch, uh, and then, you know, we ended up developing, you know, so many wonderful products. I can only say really that it must have been divine intervention because uh, I did know nothing at the time. But I totally involved myself into, um, you know, into the meaning of these things and, um, and, and became, you know, um, ultimately an expert in them. Uh, and, I mean, at the time, 1991, there are not that many vegetarians about. I mean, your wife is the, the first vegetarian that you meet. And it was it was incredibly rare. I mean, it's like trying to find somebody who voted for the National Party today. Um, just, they don't exist. Um, I, I wonder um, just how much of a market you had at the time. Well, really, to be honest, it was very, very small. I mean, um, I've literally we could have uh, run our factory out of a, a regular sort of office, you know, and we were, we were using a Kenwood chef and, um, you know, a, a blender and uh, uh, I needed steam. So I had a little Thrux coffee machine that produced steam and it was really, it was very, very small and, um, and, and, and inventive and Heath Robinson. Uh, we were filling sausages with, with, a, with a hand grinder you know, like a hand sausage filling machine, I would tie the sausages off with string to, you know, to make them this 130 millimeters each, uh, long each. And then I would cook them in a pot on a two-plate burner. So it was very, very, very small. But, you know, um, I think that we made a product that was good enough. And there were a lot of people out there um, with who had similar epiphanies to ourselves. And that had, uh, were struggling to become vegetarians because I just found it really hard to eat broccoli and beans every day and, and pumpkin. And um, I think there were a lot of people out there that were looking for it. But when we say a lot in terms of how many people were eating meat, <laughs> we're talking about a drop in the ocean. But anyway, they were there and they became passionate followers of our little brand that we had started. And um, they, uh, you know, they supported us in the stores. And when the supermarket buyers sometimes would delist us because of lack of sales, uh, the loyal consumers would be the first ones knocking at the, at, at, the, at the retailer's door saying, hey, you need to get that stuff back on the shelf because we need it. And um, so that, I think my, our supporters helped us as much 
uh, along the way as, as um, you know, as our own efforts did. And of course, the trends have changed. I mean, there's meat-free Mondays now, and people try to stick to that. And some people have switched completely to vegetarianism or completely to veganism, um, and uh, increasingly popular around the world. And billions and billions of dollars have been invested in these meat-free businesses. Do you feel like you've missed a trick there? You, you're still very much a, a family business. Um, well, uh, I retired two years ago, but um, to get to your question, um, we uh, look. It's true that, um, you know, I think what's happened is that um, uh, there's a realization um, uh, out there at large amongst, you know, populations of people uh, who can make choices about these things. There's a realization about, um, you know, uh, livestock, livestock farming and its effects, especially factory farming, its effects on the planet and you know, the health of our ecosystems and uh, also, of course, you know, uh, it's a, it's a effect on global warming and so on. So there's a lot of um, uh, knowledge around that now. And uh, so we had, the, I really had this knowledge, you know, 30 years ago, but it became a new thing that um, public uh, grabbed hold of uh, um, the information and started to really think about it and start to want to, um, you know, reduce uh, their meat intake. As far as Meat Free Mondays was concerned, it's actually Meat Free Mondays is a is a is a brand or a a, a device which was actually registered by um, by Fries. Oh. Um, in in yeah, Meat Free Mondays was our initiative. We started Meat Free Mondays <laughs> in South Africa, um, and um, it, as a matter of interest, there was a meat. Uh, did they call it Meat Free Monday or Meatless Monday, which was started in the UK um, by uh, uh, the Linda McCartney group yes. uh, of company. And they started one there, but we started ours here. And we also started the movement in Australia. And um, so we did do a, a lot of those things. But um, uh, so to answer your question, um, we don't feel that we missed the boat because we were, uh, we had already found ourselves out there in 27 countries uh, we were exporting to. And um, you could find fries products, you know, in most Western countries in the world. So we were already out there, um, uh, you know, with, with the big boys. There's no doubt about that. We're going to talk about that globalization in just a moment. The founder at Fry's Family Foods, Wally Fry, on the line to us this morning. It's quarter two or ten to four in the morning where he is in Brisbane. That's part of the story as well. Pick up on that in a moment. The Money Show. Shapeshifters. Founder of Fry's Family Food, the family food company's Wally Fry on the line to us from Brisbane this morning. Uh, have you relocated the business to Brisbane? Is it still a South African company? Is it a global company? How would you classify it? Uh, no, uh, we haven't relocated. I, I've relocated myself uh, to uh, Brisbane, but I still... Um, uh, you know, I still travel between South Africa and Australia quite often. Um, yeah, so we, it's uh, Fries is definitely located in South Africa for sure. But it's a global business. I mean, you were saying earlier you could sell your products in 27 yes. countries. Is, is that still the yes, case? We, you still got that footprint? Uh, yes, the company still does. And, um, they, you know, they, had, uh, they have appointed agents 
uh, in various countries um, where they, you know, ex, you know, that handle their exports and their sales for them. And um, uh, right now, I'm not over all the information, across all the information of how the um, sales are doing and how they um, are, you know, handling that. But um, certainly, they, the, the products are still sold around the world. Yes. Mm. So is the family out then? I mean, have you, has the family sold out of the business completely? No, 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 no. Okay. So, so, um, so that we were, um, we merged into a collective of companies called the Live Kindly Collective. And um, the Live Kindly Collective um, is a grouping of um, five companies uh, that are all, uh, you know, doing plant-based meat in different varied forms. Uh, of of the uh, you know of the um, category, and um, we we merged with those people uh, back in two uh, in two thousand and twenty. I mean, was that necessary from a scale perspective, and just to as as so, this, this market exploded? Yes. So to answer your question, that's that's a good question because at the time um, we were finding that it was virtually impossible for us to, you know. Um, as a small family uh, concern, from a manpower point of view, we found it hard to spread ourselves so thin over the uh, markets we were trying to service. And so it made sense to, um, to do exactly what you say. And uh, we, we found that if we hadn't have done that, we probably would have, uh, you know, um, been consumed in the whirlwind of what is going on in the world now. You know, people like Beyond Meat, and and people like Impossible have attracted large um, uh, investments, and they they become very powerful. Um, so um, yeah, it was necessary for us to take that step. But you asked about the family members. That family members uh, that were actively working in the company um, still do work in the new collective. I know. I mean, it's a fascinating story. I mean, what's it like being a revolutionary? Because you were doing this stuff long before it became trendy to to do it. I mean, do you feel like you've had a a big and positive impact on the planet? Um, well, I'd like to think so because um, uh, way back in two thousand and ten, um, you know, I actually became very passionate about. The movement and trying to um, uh, bring to people's awareness um, the problems that are being caused by, uh, you know, by people's decision to eat meat every day. Um, we're talking about seven and a half billion people on the planet, all wanting a piece of meat every day, and and that when you when you do the numbers, that relates to eighty three billion animals. Um, you know, mostly the, what we call domesticated animals. Those are the animals that we choose to to um, use as as uh, livestock. That equates to 83 billion animals in factory farms right now today. Now, those 83 billion animals need to eat as well. So, 70% of the arable land on planet Earth, these huge tracts of grain. Um, uh, farms and, and so on, uh, monocultures, 70% of the production of that is used to feed the animals that human beings choose to eat. And um, that is placing a disproportionate load on, on the planet. So as much as uh, way back then, I was quite passionate in saying that everybody should be vegan and, 
and and I was quite uh, outspoken. Um, we did change perceptions. There's no doubt about it. Uh, through multiple, um, you know, um, media um, avenues, and uh, in fact, David made a speech in the Houses of Parliament uh, in 2010 uh, about this. Not that anybody really listened to me at the time, but somebody <laughs> must have because. Slowly, you know, we did we did fight a hard fight, and uh, we we definitely did. And all of a sudden, I think the tipping point was reached where it became public knowledge. You know, it wasn't just the few hippies on the side that were talking about this. It became public knowledge, and then there was always this backlash of you could not be healthy unless you ate meat. And then wonderful movies like Game Changers came out where. Uh, so many athletes now are just purely plant-based and they're doing so well and their bodies are really, really healthy and fit. So that whole perception changed that, you know, the, the vegan or the plant-based person is this, you know, wishy-washy, uh, pale, anemic-looking guy just about falling over or being blown around in the wind. That whole um, concept of uh, not eating meat died away with that. And we were really at the leading edge of that. We were also at the leading edge of, you know, genetically modified using uh, GMO uh, crops in, into our products. Way back in, to, in, in um, 1993, <laughs> we stopped I, I using genetically modified products. I, I think, Wally, what you've proven is that veganism is very good for energy levels at 4 a.m., Brisbane time. Thank you for waking up for us. Thank you for staying awake, waking up for us um, and sharing with us the story. And I'm sorry to cut you short because I can feel like you can go on for, for ages. Wally Fry, the, fa the founder of Fry's Vegetarian. What a lovely story. What a lovely backstory. Thank you very much for sharing it with us at this ungodly hour, your time.